What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills completely dismantling the Houston Texans. We're also going to talk about the UB Bulls losing their MAC opener. So stick around and let's have some fun. Oh my goodness. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills absolutely dominated the Houston Texans, as we all expected. I just don't think we expected the Bills to dominate this much. They came in this game heavy, heavy favorites. But they ended up blowing out the Houston Texans 40 to nothing. And it ended up being the second biggest margin of victory in Buffalo Bills history. The biggest coming back in 1990, a 42 to nothing win against the Cleveland Browns. And while the game ended 40 to nothing, and it appeared it was all sunshine and rainbows. If you did not catch the game, it did not start that way and had a lot of people on Twitter panicking. The first two drives did not go how the Bills wanted them to go. Josh Allen's first pass of the game was intercepted, and then the Bills immediately came back and went three and out. And in this game, there were a lot of things to take away. The first thing was, of course, Allen's resiliency. Allen throws that big interception early in the game and then comes back on the very next drive and sails a pass over his receiver's hat on the left sideline on a big third down play deep in his own uh, territory. And you think maybe he's getting a little rattled because the weather's is dog shit. He's already thrown an interception However, he comes back and ends up finishing the game 20 of 30 for 248 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He also carried the ball six times for 41 yards, I'm sorry, for 41 yards, including a big fourth and one run by Josh Allen. He ended up gaining 15 yards on that play. Absolutely incredible. His resiliency and able to shake off his rough start and not let the weather affect him, not let his bad start affect him, and just dominate the Houston Texans is something that is fantastic to see, something you want your franchise quarterback to do, not get in his own head, and be able to continue to play the the kind of football that you know he can play. Another great thing to take away from this game is that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs got on the same page in this game. Diggs had seven receptions for 114 yards, his first 100-yard game this season, and I believe his eighth as a Buffalo Bill. So that is always fantastic when you get your number one receiver into the game. And it took a couple of games, but they were able to finally get Stephon Diggs into the act. Another positive you can take, well, you can take away a lot of positives. Another thing you take away from this game is Dawson Knox is starting to become a reliable target for Josh Allen, something that 
in the last couple of years, you've seen him struggle a little bit. However, this year, he looks like, he, you know, he has worked on his concentration. He's not dropping a lot of the easy passes that he did in years past. He's making these plays. He went five catches, 37 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. And that is absolutely incredible because it gives the Bills yet another weapon for Josh Allen to throw it to. And that's going to be scary. Something else that was important coming into this game was that the O-line needed to be shifted around because Feliciano, the right guard, was going to be out of this game. So there was a lot of speculation as to what would happen in this game. So they shuffled him around. They sat Cody Ford on the bench, who was starting at right guard. They shifted Daryl Williams inside to right guard, and they started the third-round pick, Spencer Brown. And Spencer Brown was supposed to be a more of a raw prospect. He had all the skills there, but he needed some time to develop. And it really doesn't look like he needed a whole lot of time to develop. He went out there to prove that he belongs in the NFL. And he proved that not only does he belong, but he is making a case that he should remain the starter at the right tackle spot. He looked very, very solid in both the run and pass game against the Houston Texans. And if he starts against the Kansas City Chiefs, that will be the test for him to see whether or not he truly does belong. Another storyline coming into this game was that the defense is going to be without two different starters. One was going to be safety Jordan Poyer, and the other was going to be nickel corner Teron Johnson. Both guys could have had a huge impact. Losing both of those guys could be a huge impact for the Buffalo Bills as both of them are playmakers. However, the Bills' defense did not skip a single solitary beat in this game. Both backups, Jaquan Johnson and cornerback Cam Lewis, had very, very strong games. Safety Jaquan Johnson had two tackles and an interception in this game. And Cam Lewis, the undrafted free agent out of the University at Buffalo, had five tackles, one for loss, and a forced fumble. He stepped into the nickel corner slot and played admirably in this game. He looked very, very good. And this is the reason why he is one of the three protected guys on the practice squad. He provides a little bit of depth for the Buffalo Bills secondary. Altogether, the Buffalo Bills defense was absolutely lights out. This is their second shutout in three weeks. Obviously, we know they beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing, and they upped their game in this one, and they beat the Texans 40 to nothing. And all things were working on this game. The defense was absolutely fantastic, as they should be there facing a very inexperienced quarterback coming into Buffalo in heavy rain. Just a horrible atmosphere for him to play in. And the Bills just completely dominated him all game long. They, the Bills defense forced five turnovers, four interceptions, and a forced fumble, which was recovered by the Bills, of course. And the offense was not clicking from the start, but got into a groove and just absolutely manhandled the Houston Texans. The run game was working. Both Zach Moss and 
Devin Singletary looked very, very good in this game. The O-line was opening up big holes for him also. So that's something to look forward to as we progress into the season. And they're going, it's going to be a very big test in the next game. And as I stated last week, if all three of these phases are working for the Buffalo Bills, I don't think there is a team in the NFL that can beat the Buffalo Bills except for the Buffalo Bills. If all three phases show up like they had today, there is not a team in the NFL that can beat the Bills except for the Buffalo Bills. But that's going to do it for this video, guys. Remember to like, subscribe, share with your friends and family. Hit that notification bell so you guys never miss a video. Thank you guys for watching. Have a fantastic week. That's not the way they wanted to start conference play. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. The UB Bulls lose their home opener in front of a reported 17,300 and 44 people, and again on national television as this one was moved to CBS Sports Network. There is a lot to take away from this game as they lost to a very, very talented Western Michigan team. So we're going to jump right into all of the things that I am now taking away from the first five games of the Molinguist era for the UB Bulls. The first is abundantly clear, and I have said this before, I said it in the offseason, UB should have had a QB competition. I understood the limitations of Kyle Van Treese coming into this season. However, I was assured by Mo Linguist and his staff that he was the guy. He was the guy that they wanted to lead them on the field. And for a team that can run the ball really well and can run the ball 35 to 40 times a game, yes, he is the quarterback you want in there because he's very safe. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. However, his limitations are very, very clear. And it is very clear now that he, in part, is holding this defense back or this offense back. And it is far too limited with him as their starting QB. Now, Vantries has many shortcomings, some of which include, uh, you know, he has a very average arm. He lacks a lot of zip on the ball to be able to put it into tight windows and be able to make the big plays when necessary. He lacks vision. Something I've seen in this game that I maybe didn't see in a couple of other games is he has a very difficult time coming off of his first read. And when his first read is not open, he kind of gets a little flustered in the pocket and he rushes his throws and then that is what makes him inaccurate. So that alone is not a good look for your starting QB to not be able to progress through his reads and to get flustered after his first read is not open. He is also very, very limited in terms of his athleticism. Yes, he can pull the ball down and run a little bit. However, you're not going to see him in a lot of um, RPOs. You're not going to see him in a lot of read options. The Bulls do run what looks to be a read option. However, other defenses simply do not respect it at all because Kyle Van Treese only pulls the ball out maybe like one out of every 100 unless they're down near the goal line. 
So other teams are able to just key in on the running back. And that's something that I think, if you have a more athletic quarterback, could help open up the playbook and help open up running lanes for the three-headed monster that we have at running back for the university at Buffalo. Another thing that is very clear so far in the first five games is that the play calling has been very, very suspect. There's been, uh, it's been too vanilla for the university at Buffalo in these first five games. Too predictable. It's like watching the Buffalo Bills of 10 years ago where you just know the first two plays of, you know, their possession are going to be running plays. And yes, in years past, it didn't matter if other teams knew you were going to run the ball. You could just run it down their throat. You had a spectacular offensive line, and you also had Jared Patterson, who is an NFL player. You, I don't think you have an NFL player, at least not to my eyes right now, on the University at Buffalo in their backfield. Kevin Marks has just not looked good, but we're going to get to that in a second. It also appears that Shane Montgomery, who is the offensive coordinator, has difficulty scheming receivers open for UB. Yes, I understand that Kyle Van Treese has a difficult time coming off his first read. However, it looks like there's very limited playbook when you go back and watch the university at Buffalo when they run plays. It looks very, very limited. It looks like there's a very small wide receiver route tree that they run. Not a lot of combinations, not a lot of uh, short crossing plays, not a lot of pick plays, not a lot of wide receiver screens, not a lot of screen passes, not a lot of out, out routes, not a lot of deep, uh, deep digs, not a lot of post routes. However, there's a lot of seven-yard curls and a lot of nine routes. That's essentially what UB runs when they run with their, you know, when they run with their passing, when they go with their passing game. And it has become just insanely predictable. And outside of, uh, you know, one receiver, UB has a very difficult time getting any separation. But again, we'll get into that in a second. It's also very clear to me now, and I've said this, I said this a little bit before that he was in danger, is that Kevin Marks, who was supposed to be their stud, he put in, the, he put in you know, his name into the transfer portal. He was going to transfer out. He was probably going to get some Power 5 offers, and he was probably going to go and play, and, and maybe he would have did better in some of those Power 5 schools. However, the scheme that Buffalo is running behind this offensive line, he is not, 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 not University at Buffalo's RB1, and he shouldn't be, and here's why. When you watch him in this offense, Marks lacks vision. He lacks any sort of vision. It looks like there are holes when you watch either on TV or you you know you watch it uh, like the all twenty two you know view of the game. You kind of see holes and you see opportunities for maybe him bounce it outside or you see an opportunity for him to maybe make somebody miss and or try to make somebody miss maybe a quick cut something like that, and instead he just kind of lowers his shoulder and tries to run through everybody. He cannot consistently break off long runs because he doesn't have that vision. So he's more of a a change of pace back. And he worked well with the Jarrett Patterson, but as an RB1, he just is not getting the job done. 
He's averaging just 3.69 yards per carry on the season. In five games, he has 288 yards on 78 carries. Woefully insufficient and way under where we thought Kevin Marks would be five games into UB's season. And I am making the claim now that Dylan McDuffie is the best running back on this Buffalo Bulls team. He can do all of it. We've seen him, when he was younger, be able to run routes and make plays in the passing game. We've seen, we have now seen him be able to run the ball very, very well and consistently run the ball well and break off big runs consistently. And he's averaging 5.24 yards per carry. And he has 50 carries for 262 yards on the season. I think if UB wants to win and is serious about actually winning this year and not lose any of the momentum that they have had in years past and that have built in years past, some of these changes need to be made and they need to be made right now. UB's defense has been the brightest spot or one of the brightest spots in the 2021 season so far. However, in this game, they couldn't get themselves off the field on a consistent basis. They forced just one punt in the entire game. They did stop Western Michigan two times on fourth down. However, Western Michigan was three of five on fourth downs. And Western Michigan missed two field goals also. And I understand that the defense is worn out and that the offense isn't giving them enough of an an opportunity to kind of catch their breath. However, early in the game, you have to be able to get off the field and give your offense more of an opportunity. UB, and speaking of offense, UB punted five times in this game. Five times. So Western Michigan had no problem getting off the field, and UB's defense had a world of problem getting off the field. And this contributed very much to the fact that UB had the ball on offense for just 19 minutes and 54 seconds. That is not going to win you almost any game in any college football (laughs) no matter how good you are. Western Michigan completely controlled the game. They had the ball for 40 minutes and 6 seconds in this game. And that is just something that these things need to be addressed if UB wants to win this year. Now, one thing is very clear moving forward is that if, if something does not get done with this offense or on the offensive side of the ball, This Buffalo team, as it stands, with the exact same players in the exact same positions running the same type of plays, is a four-win team. I went through UB's schedule, remaining schedule, and I see two more wins that UB has on their schedule. Potentially. Two more wins. And that is a far cry from the last few seasons where the Bulls went 6-6, and I believe eight and five, ten and three, and then last year they were six and one. They were on pace for twelve wins last year. And to drop all the way down to four wins 
it would essentially destroy any momentum that this program had had been getting with uh, Lance Leipold. It would destroy any momentum that UB had moving forward, and I think Mo Linguist would have to then completely rebuild and rebuild his own program. And just, there would be, there are going to be a lot of guys who enter the transfer portal, I think, if Mo does not get this thing turned around, and if they don't start making some changes on offense. Because what we've seen on offense the last two weeks against Old Dominion and against Western Michigan is not going to win you any ball games. They're just not good enough. They are not moving the ball enough. And you need somebody that is a little bit more dynamic on the outside. You need somebody that is going to be able to make plays aside from Keon Williams. Dominic Johnson is not the guy for UB on, as a number two wide receiver. They have plenty of guys on the bench, and I think that they should start playing some of those guys and seeing what they have. And Kyle Van Trees just isn't the guy. He's far too limited, and he closes the playbook down. His limitations are now being brought out to light in this season. And yeah, he's probably a great leader. However, he's just not getting the job done. He, when he's asked to win with his arm, he cannot do it. And, when, and he just isn't a mobile quarterback, so he's not going to win with his legs either. He's the perfect quarterback if you are ahead in a game. He is a terrible quarterback if it is an even game or if you have to come from behind at all. And that's something that UB definitely needs to address. Otherwise, again, all the momentum that UB has gained under Lance Leopold will be completely destroyed and UB will have to start again from scratch. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Remember, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. We talk Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls football and men's basketball right here on this page. Thank you guys for watching. Have a fantastic week.